0: Go to Shopify.com slash Sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash Sonoro.
1: Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me. A Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to episode 76 of the Brown and Black podcast. My name is Jack Rico.
2: And I am Mike Sargent.
1: And every week we take a look at race in pop culture through a brown and black plant. Yes, I can smile at this moment, but now all that smiling is gone, Mike. It's ugly out there in America. Didn't we just do like an episode like a week and a half ago? And in between episodes, as we're recording this right now, we've had two mass shootings. The tech and streaming companies are imploding. Wall Street is at its lowest numbers ever in history. Inflation is at its highest it's ever been in f- in more than 40 years and people are fed up and flipping out did, did you see the did you see the story of the basketball coach for the Golden State Warriors Steve Kerr of course yes i did came out to a pe- press conference to just talk about basketball and the dude hijacked the press conference because he was up to here with gun laws. Here's what he said.
0: When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8 which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple of years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives Of our
1: children. And then, did you see the one with Senator Chris Murphy? I I had to retweet that. That was uh, so on the money, so on fire. We we should just play a little bit of it. Here's uh, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut.
0: What are we doing? What are we doing? Just days after a shooter walked into a grocery store to gun down African-American Patrons, we have another Sandy Hook on our hands. What are we doing? There have been more mass shootings than days in the year. Our kids are living in fear. Every single time they set foot in a classroom because they think they're going to be next. What are we doing? Why do you spend all this time running for the United States Senate? Why do you go through all the hassle of getting this job, of putting yourself in a position of authority, if your answer is that as this slaughter increases, as our kids run for their lives, we do nothing. What are we doing? Why are you here if not to solve a problem as existential As this. So questions that I have, Mike,
1: is what do we do in moments like this? Because there's this sense that the world's continuing to move on. People are still working. The NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, the hockey playoffs, sports, culture, Marvel's dropping You know, Doctor Strange. Movie theaters are still making money. Productions are still being done. Parties are still happening. How desensitized are we as people? Should I don't know, Mike. Should we just stop and mourn for like a day? Should we just do something like that? Because I have no idea how to solve this.
2: If I had the answer to solve it, I would, you know, I'd be not sitting here talking on a microphone with you, but hopefully out solving it. But I I do have some thoughts on what you're asking, because I think, you know, we witnessed something during uh, the pandemic and, and let me just as a pause for a second to say that, yeah, all this is going on the shooting and everything is going, on. we're still technically in a pandemic. Okay. So that's, that's the science fiction part to me of our reality. That's just one of the science fiction parts, but but we we witnessed something interesting during the pandemic and that was a shutdown of the day to day a pause a pause for reflection a pause for for consideration a time to just do all kinds of things. You know, some things were like, Oh, just realizing the person you're married to is not somebody you want to even live with. And some of it was like, Oh wow, there are issues still going on that should, should interest me. And in the middle of that we had George Floyd and that was sort of a reawakening for people who were too distracted to pay attention to these things. And it's not that George Floyd was so unique. Yes. A cop stood on his throat and it was videoed and everything. Yes, all that is unique, but that's not really what's so unique. What's so unique is that in the aftermath, people didn't have all their regular distractions. They could focus on doing something. But at the end of the day, okay, what kind of police reform came out of George Floyd?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's laughable.
2: Okay. Uh, it is. So so coming back to this situation, I mean, the statistics are, you know, what, what that that politician said uh, it, it's it's stunning. You know, and 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 I'll just give another statistics because they've been, you know, I'm sure you're like me when something like this happens. You know, you're reading all kinds of coverage and things, and and there's all kinds of stats coming out. And and it's, and one stat particularly stood out to me. It says that the U.S. has had 57 times as many school shootings as other major industrialized I don't know. This nations This doesn't combined.
1: happen anywhere
2: anywhere else. else. Okay, the, of uh, and I'm just going to give you the six top countries. Canada, France, Germany, Japan, Italy, the U.K. Canada has had, since 2009, Canada's had two. France has had two. Germany's had one. Japan, Italy, and the U.K. have all had zero. You know how many the United States has had since 2009? School shootings, just school shootings. 288.
1: What what do you attribute that to?
2: I mean, it's clear. It's clear. What, it, what I attribute it to is that we don't live in a democracy. It's a capitalist economy. It's a capitalist society, almost pseudo-fascist. It's, it's becoming more, it's more and less and less pseudo every day. But we live in a society where it is not about the health if the pandemic didn't show us that it is not about the health of the public, I don't know what does. The fact that we are a country that doesn't have universal health care and it's still being bandied about, it is not about lives in this country. It is about profit. And so if people are making money, if people in a position, people who have been voted quote unquote in are in a position and they're making money by keeping things the way they are, whether it's the environment, whether it's guns, whether it's education, whether it's healthcare, care, whatever it is, that's fine. Because we don't live in a democracy. We live in a, in a place where money rules. And why? Because there's too much money being made selling guns. The, the idea that there would not be a universal background check, it's just so ludicrous. It sounds it sounds like a skit. Like, no.
1: Well, that, that, that's the thing. I mean, wh- how much money supposedly are we talking about, man? Are these guys making 100 Gs? Like, that's what you're selling out America for? For a hundred G's?
2: First of all, the fact that there could be any price is is disturbing. Uh if you're an elected official. But yeah, clearly. Come on. But
1: but but but, but, but come on. The GOP is being reluctant in passing these gun laws, these gun rights. It's not reluctant. Because they have, of a reason. They're
2: refusing to. They're not being reluctant.
1: Okay, okay. They're refusing, they're refusing to. to. They're refusing to. And the question that I still have not been able to hear from anybody. Is why? What is it? And if it's money, how much are we talking about? If it's power, what kind of power are you? Do you think you're gonna get? What to, to to tell a couple of you know city towns? You know what to do?
2: My take: it's not it's not about what kind of power are you gonna get. It's what kind of power are you gonna keep? Okay, what has happened with the Republican Party, among other things, is that if you are someone who does the right thing by your constituents, you know, whether it's claiming an election was fair when it was or whether it's it's, you know, voting for something that you believe in, then you're the outlier. Then you're if you say the leader of the party committed treason, when you can see it, then you, it doesn't matter who your your dad was. You know, you're Liz Cheney. So the NRA and all of the the gun lobbyists and all of the people who are all wrapped up in it, I mean, the NRA is a very, very powerful organization. You know, all these politicians who are heads of states where shootings have gone, they're all going to be speaking at an NRA conference this weekend, you know, that, that's coming up before we're recording this. So it it, yes how much money i I don't know but enough for them to continue living their lifestyle doing what they want being in the position they want to be in okay because if they were to vote against it if they were to vote now what would happen the question i would ask you is well what would happen to them if they were to restrict guns what would happen to these politicians what would they lose
1: no man listen i i hear what you're saying um But there's also accomplices here that no one's talking about yet. Did you see the post that I put on Twitter not too long ago? All right. It's from the New York Times, and it was an update on what Governor Abbott, which is the governor of Texas, and let me just kind of describe it to you, what he said in the newspaper in the New York Times about Facebook. About 30 minutes before arriving at the school, the gunman posted on Facebook that he was going to shoot his grandmother, Governor Abbott said. In a second post on Facebook, the gunman said that he had shot his grandmother. In a third post, the gunman said he was going to shoot an elementary school. So if you're Facebook, and you're in the heap of trouble that you've been in, this guy essentially posted on a social media site What he was going to do, what he did, and what he was going to continue to keep on doing. And Facebook did nothing about it. Had no idea that this was going on. And that no one in the content moderation division saw it. No alarms, no notifications, that somebody, I mean, didn't the guy from Buffalo live stream his assassinations? And I think it was on Discord. So how much is social media, in particular Facebook, Mike, how complicit are they in this? Or is this part of free speech? Hey, man, listen, you could say whatever you want. I didn't pull the trigger, so I'm not at fault. Are they at fault, Mike? Are they not at fault? If you were the the owner of Facebook when you first did this for college students to share their homework, I mean, what do you say right now? Well,
2: it's an interesting question. And if you had me on the stand and I had to answer it in this moment, I would say that yes, no, I wouldn't say that, yes, Facebook is guilty. All right. Yeah, I would say, yes, Facebook is guilty, but even more so are system of governance is at flaw is you know there are a lot of things that happen, okay and if without any forethought or without any legislation like for instance, let's just use where we are right now with the rampant uh, um, what's going on with with uh, just inflation. There's no reason for inflation to happen. The only reason inflation is happening is sort of it's like a, a feeding frenzy. It's like, OK, there's nothing to stop them from raising the prices on things. They can say whatever they want. Same thing with the airlines. You know, the gas prices uh, were up, so they had to charge for your luggage. Gas prices went down. They still charge for your luggage. Nothing's going to stop them. So to me, th- there's, there's Facebook got so big, so fast. All these things they're doing, the analytics, selling your information, that whole thing evolved without any kind of um supervision, supervision. policy, legislation. It, it it's it wasn't on the table. Well, not only did wild, they let man. it run wild, but again, we have a system where you know you you talk about the NRA. The NRA has a has helped has created gun policies for the country. Okay. They created gun policies for the country. And got involved, they have a pack just to quote unquote uh uh influence or support legislators, which is basically men and people in Congress, to, to keep them where they want, keep things the way it is. They're making a lot of money. It's sort of if there was a cure right now for the cold, how much would the coal companies pay to keep it off the market? There's too much money. There's too much um, money being made. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, is is that why? Is that I think why this, the NBA playoffs are still on and people are still money, going to it, arenas? Eighteen thousand. It sounds
2: cliche, people? but it all comes back to the same thing. Why is public health? It's less important than money. Public health is not as important as what you could make this quarter.
1: I'm ashamed of being an American today, Mike. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I'm
2: ashamed. You I'm know. Ashamed. And what does being American mean? What is American? What is American business? How are American businesses run? How is American politics run? How are American health policies? How are American gun policies? What it is to be an American, living here in America, we may have some delusion. But if you were to kind of stand back and look at America not being an American.
1: and leans forward, offering you space to
0: place new steps of change.
2: I had a topic that was brought up to me by one of our guests, Eric Velasquez, and he pointed something out to me. You probably know who uh Cucho Valdez is, and yeah, now, of course he's, he's a, a legend,
1: a Cuban pianist, man. I think I saw him live uh in New York City uh at a performance uh before he before he passed away. just a true gentleman and a magician like
2: absolutely him. and and like you said, a pioneer, he's someone who was known for spreading this type of music and what he did in Cuban music and really pushing the form now. In March 2nd, 2021, Sirius XM announced, explore the cultural richness of Caribbean music with Cucho Valdez, a new Sirius XM channel. And they, you know, and they go on, and the page goes on to say, take a musical journey into the diversity and cultural richness of Cuban music with legendary Cuban pianist, band leader and composer, Cucho uh, Valdez exclusive new Sirius channel. Uh, it's called Cuba and Beyond. Now, that sounds great to me. It, it yeah. sounds sounds What's like. What's
1: the problem, man? Because you sound ticked off, man. On the phone, you were like, "Yo, man, we got to talk about the subject."
2: Again, this is one of those things like take it in and then just think about it. So, so it's great. They're going to feature all this great music. They they're gonna they're gonna you're gonna learn all about heritage, representation, all of that. That's great. Now, one of the artists that they're featuring is a musical and comedy team called Pototo, if uh, if e- e- Filimeno. Just to give you a brief who they were, they had a Cuban radio show in Havana back in the 1940s. Uh, they were very popular. They went on to make movies and eventually two albums. And those albums were are pretty influential. You know, they, you know, they, they went on into, uh, they were forced to leave Cuba, of course, in the sixties. And and if you know a little bit about Cuban history, you can, you can know a bit about that. But the important part is that they'd made these albums, they made really only two albums really there's a third album that was kind of a collection of their other work but they only had three albums they all had very unique covers you know it's both of them you see how they're musicians and they're funny one of them has them back to back you know dressed as like cuban soldiers another one is a cartoon of them and another one is then really more serious white jackets black pants sitting on a piano now when uh other outlets have played their music They'll take those images, maybe some other photos, whatnot. And, you know, here, it's it's Pototo Filomeno. And here's their music, and here's a nice graphic. But when serious, they decided to make their own graphic. So when you're listening to this great Cuban music, what you see is a graphic, a square, that says the best of the best. Pototo Filomeno. And it's, uh, I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, but it's the original versions, and it's written in Spanish. But the photo they have is probably from something obscure, some routine they did that clearly says something about the humor of the time, where one of them is in blackface. And that obscure photo, that photo is the photo, not have nothing to do with any of their albums, the photo they put up. So when you're listening to Sirius, you see Pototo Filomeno, with a a a made up cover that didn't exist but has that image of them one of them in blackface on the cover and that's what you have to look at as you so what
1: you're saying and i think this is what i'm hearing from you is that from your observations there must be some sort of racial Mm. editorial take Ah, where someone
2: made this decision
1: right that they said all right What's the original album cover of this album? All right, take it off and let's put in the blackface one because that makes me laugh a little bit. And let's take this other one. How racist can that one be? I bet you no one will tell.
2: Well, no, no. Uh, let me go further, okay? Because then, because t- 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 I'll tell you what it says to me. It says, okay, this is their supposedly premiere there in this legendary Cuban pianist has started this channel to celebrate uh, the rich cultural heritage of Cuban music, okay? And you got two guys uh, in blackface that have nothing to do with their music that is not any of the album art that they ever use, and there's tons and tons of promotional photos of them. Tons, okay. This one is like this is obscure. The other part I have to say, and, and I'll be quick, is there's another musician composer on there. His name is Adonis Osein Del Delmanti. Really good looking black guy, braids. He's got beautiful art. You know, he's modern. He's today. But when you play his music, that would be a nice representation, right? I'm sure he has no blackface pictures. Guess what you see nothing nothing just his name none of his promotional photos no no art created let let me ask you something as a
1: journalist kendrick lamar ll cool j ice cube dre snoo if you did a search for them they're black i don't know what would you say like ten thousand, like that then i think we got a case right or a hundred like that i think we got a case but if it's just two, then is it, is it racist?
2: Is it racist? And here's what it brings up to me. Okay. All right. Fine. I, I can take either way. Okay. Maybe whoever is doing the graphics didn't realize that it would be offensive to create art from the most offensive photo the duo ever has taken. Okay. I'm sure that if any of their ancestors were alive and seeing it would be like, yeah, let's not use that photo. But this is what somebody, and was approved by right. somebody, decided, well, this is the art we're going to use. Okay, when you listen to this music, this is what you're going to see. You know, maybe they they just didn't know. They didn't know blackface is offensive. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, they yeah. don't know. Maybe they don't know. And they're you working know? at SiriusXM. Yeah, and they're working at SiriusXM. And this is a channel of celebrating cuban music hey let's get them in blackface blackface. let's put them in blackface not have them playing instruments let's not have them on performing let's not
1: content moderation has gone to the dogs man this is going to be a problem that is only going to be solved through artificial intelligence some form of ai where you take out The lazy guy who just didn't want to work eight hours or 20 hours a day looking at the wrong thing and, you know, slashing it out or replacing the blackface. At some point, AI is going to have to do that job because humans just can't.
2: I think A.I. is going to do a worse job because it'll be programmed by humans. You know, they've put A.I.'s they've done. You've seen those tests where they put the A.I.
1: Well, then have a black or a Latino person. Well,
2: do do. That well, now here you go. That brings me into what I really wanted to talk about. And that is really the cultural <laughs> commodification. It's like, OK, Sirius is like, OK, there's an audience for this. That's why they created this channel. There's an audience to listen to this. We can advertise. We can make money here. That's why we're doing this. Whoever likes this kind of music, again, you're going after a demo. I I doubt very much they're considering the demo when they put the blackface up there. But, you know, they're going after this demo. And so, as you often speak about, as... I'm sure people have read about what happened with Walmart for releasing their Juneteenth (laughs) (laughs) ice cream.
1: Walmart is now apologizing for selling a Juneteenth-themed ice cream. It was the store's attempt to commemorate Juneteenth, the holiday celebrating the end of slavery. There was a message on the side that read, quote, share and celebrate African-American culture, emancipation, and enduring hope. Many saw it as a form of corporate cultural appropriation of the black community. Walmart has apologized for the product, and remove the ice cream from its stores.
2: And and the phrase "I'm going for the freedom." Have you seen that one? Oh no, dude! It's "I'm going for the freedom." It's the most asinine. You just go in in black social media anywhere. Put in Juneteenth. That's what you'll see. I just have to say that. But this is what gets me: it's that commodification that that they're going to profit. They're putting out Juneteenth ice cream. They're not saying proceeds go to this, to that. They're not. They're just, now that it's a holiday, it was just made a holiday a year ago. Now, and most people don't even know what Juneteenth is. The idea is that black people were still enslaved in the South, even though they were quote unquote free. And it took two years to reach them. Okay, so it wasn't until 1865, June 19th, that the, the last slaves in Galveston, Texas, were freed. It got turned into a holiday, let's see, what is that? That's like 150 years later or something like that. That's how long it took. And But within a year, Walmart has ice cream celebrating Juneteenth so my question to you jack is because you've seen it many times just the commodification of latino culture uh and that commodification can be anything from like when i sent you uh you know "Sway." Sway. yeah exactly
1: and dean martin singing it but
2: did you even i mean you probably knew that but most people don't even know
1: no i didn't even know the real name of the band way there is no latino history textbook in america there just isn't exactly. it doesn't exist. we don't even have a museum they're they're, they're they're thinking of funding it and they're trying to get money to have it none of us hispanics know our history in this country man
2: listen if there was a book they'd be banning it in florida right now
1: <laughs> in miami
2: <laughs> exactly in miami right exactly Oh, man. So I'm, I'm just curious, once it's commodified, it's sort of very often it's cut off from what created it, you know? So like this Juneteenth, like Juneteenth ice cream, it's, it's ludicrous, you know?
1: Look, the first settlers in this country outside of the genocide of the Indians, but even the Indians themselves, the way they behaved amongst each other's tribes was through trade. Then when they met the Spaniards, it was trade. And it was trade from the inception and the first settlers of this United States of America, right? That trade is something that is part of all of us in this country. We are a capitalistic. We could have chosen any other type of business model for this country, but we chose capitalism. And as part of capitalism, you are okay with consumerism. You're okay with advertisers. Uh, marketing something to you at every minute. You're okay with selling your privacy data, and you don't seem to give two hoots about it. A gunman can come in and post a couple of things on Facebook, and no one gives a shit. And then we continue to play games and, and, and basketball games, and we just go on as business as usual, Mike. And this country's never going to change for at least another two generations. These old, racist, boomer, World War Two. Southern lost cause rejects need to die out little by little. And then, but then again, but then again, Mike, if you look at all the mass shooters, they're not like 80 year old Southerners. These are 18, 19, 20 year olds that are most, for some reason, they're so angry, so sad so depressed inside, so angry inside, they do these monstrous acts, is it social media? What is it that makes these Generation Z kids? This is the future of the country, and if the future of the country looks like this, Mike, what are we looking at?
2: Dude, you're preaching to the choir, because to me, I'll be honest with you, that shooter uh, is not the worst case scenario of what That uh, a a young white man can grow up to be. You know, I'm sure you saw that same weekend that the shooter killed these people, that there was this little boy, they videoed going up to this family's, this black family's house with a whip in his hand. Oh, yeah, I saw that.
1: Little boy, you better get your ass from off my porch beating on my door like this. I will call the police. You need to leave. Don't you ever be on my goddamn door like that? Go. Coming hey. to have a conversation
0: with you, sir. Your son, I'll show you the video. This is what your son came by our house to do. So, well, okay. we'll get our son video. is 13.
1: He doesn't even go to Lewis.
0: You, you got a video? Come, come, come over here. Not really.
1: We have it on video. All right, get off my property. Seriously, get off my property. You owe me a plant if I, I don't owe you shit. Fuck you. I, oh, bet really you, right? I bet you, won't bring your motherfucking ass. Can hey, you please yes, stop, friends. sir? All we want to do is just on, talk I, to I, you civil. You want, y- that's the problem. You and your kids want to play fucking victim. Y'all are so violent. Your son came over here. so violent. Baby, please, no. Off. Your son came over here with a fucking whip. Bring his ass over here again please. What the fuck You I'm have a gun. Come, come over here on my side and see what You have a... fuck you Bring your motherfucking ass outside without the gun, then, bitch. I've already come out before. Come on, let's do it. No, baby, give me... Oh, my I'm
0: God. I'm, oh, my God. Oh, my God.
2: That kid could grow up to be the shooter, but you know what would be worse? He could grow up to be a politician. He could grow up to be a cop. He could grow up to be uh, someone who can affect the lives of a judge. Uh, he could grow up to be someone who could be much worse than a shooter who kills 10 people. And that's what's scary to
1: Yeah, me. he could be Samuel Alito. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so exactly. wait a minute, Mike. So so kind of just to finalize and recap this. Uh, so does this mean that instead of the future of America getting better, that these 18-year-olds are a reflection of what we're going to see 50 years from now? Are, it, it, are these kids the ones that are going to continue making the country worse until no one's left alive to even appreciate it?
2: Well, I think a couple things. My prediction to the future is that, unfortunately, while I am most optimistic of the future because of, you know, people like like an AOC or, or, or young people who are coming up, people who are who are, you know, whether it's a Greta Thunberg or David Hogg, the survivor of the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, who's now a gun control activist. I'm I'm optimistic by seeing, you know, so many uh, young people of color getting involved in politics and, and both black and Latino and and, and you know, I'm I'm in, I'm inspired by that. Okay, but at the same time, I now know just like my parents and my parents' parents were fighting the same battles. Are being fought now we're, we're still fighting for voting rights w- w- women's rights uh, uh education uh, yeah that's what i'm saying women's rights i am just saying we're still oh. fighting for those same things from the same mentality that was around 50 60 75 years ago so i don't think it's going away i think it will evolve you know i i, I think they would sooner let in s- some white people who are being killed by some other white people than they would some Brown people who are victims of what white people have done to their country.
1: Well, with that said, Mike, that's it for this episode of Brown and black. If you would like to support this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Your help will allow us to be heard by many more people. This episode was edited by Joshua Torado. You can follow our comments and opinions on at Brown Black Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We'll see you on the next episode of Brown Black.